We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist here in private practice in Charlottesville, Virginia, and a faculty member at the University of Virginia. Each and every week, my guests and I talk about meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We discuss synchronicity from its many perspectives, spiritually, practically, and statistically. Why? To increase your connection to coincidences so that you may benefit from coincidence awareness in your daily life. I've written a book also called Connecting with Coincidence. Put that phrase, Connecting with Coincidence, in your web browser to find my book, Psychology Today blog, website, and social media sites. If you want to know how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence Survey. Remember, Connecting with Coincidence. Our guest today is Chris Mackey who is a clinical and counseling psychologist and fellow of the Australian Psychological Society with 38 years of clinical experience. He is the principal psychologist at Chris Mackey and Associates. He is his private practice in Geelong, where he has worked for the past 23 years after being a senior clinical psychologist at the Geelong and Heidelberg Repatriation Hospitals. Chris has a particular interest in promoting more optimistic and uplifting approaches to mental health and is the author of a book, Synchronicity, Empower Your Life with the Gift of Coincidence. He aims to educate the wider community about positive psychology through his fortnightly columns in the Geelong Advertiser, fortnightly radio segments on 93.9 Bay FM Geelong, as a regular presenter on the new TV well-being show, Destination Happiness, and through his website's practice, his practice websites. Chris, welcome to the program. Hi, Bernie. Great to speak with you. I really enjoy your program. Well, thank you. I know you've listened to a few, and uh, we had this funny interaction um, indirectly when um, one of your uh, fans, one of your listeners, needed to point out to me that I was wrong when I suggested that mine was the only radio show in the world about synchronicity. Because there you were, right there on the radio in Geelong, talking about synchronicity. I thought that was pretty funny, actually. It's a bit of a more modest seg- segment that we have for about uh, uh, six or eight minutes, but we sometimes get callers to ring in with their stories. But uh, yeah, but we've had that going for about a year and a half. Yeah, and by the time I got that message, I'd stopped saying that. So at least I got the message indirectly. So, and I'm glad to know. And I wonder if there are any other radio shows out there on synchronicity. Uh, are you aware of any? I'm not actually, but I think it just shows how the theme or the topic is becoming more popular. There are many books on Amazon these days, for example, on synchronicity. So it's capturing people's imagination more now than, say, even 10, 20 years ago. Oh, I, I, I've got some other data suggesting the increase began maybe in the 1990s, but it's, it's, it seems to be catching a lot more people talking about it. Um, I have a question from your book, um, and, right. and, and which, uh, which I'm enjoying reading now, a couple of questions, one, and one that maybe uh, will surprise you a little bit because you didn't pay much attention to it, but I did. On page okay. 81 of your book, you describe an experience around the book Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Uh, Yes. uh, Please tell us what happened there. Oh, okay. I was catching up with some friends one evening at a hotel. We were at a pub having a few drinks, and this fellow said that he'd been reading this really funny and interesting book. 
And he said, this book uh, ended up saying it had the answer to life, the universe and everything. And just for some reason, I blurted out 42. I'd not heard of the book. I knew nothing about it. And just for some reason, I felt like saying that. And he looked at me as though, oh, well, you've obviously read the book or heard of the book or whatever. And, and I, he found it really hard to believe, eventually did believe it when I said, no, I'd never heard of it. I just felt like blurting that out. So I just thought that was absolutely remarkable. And I was glad to see that um, because I think um, it's a form of telepathy um, that you just then that you just experienced because you had this feeling of saying it and you probably had a feeling of confidence about it. It just seemed like the right thing to say. That's true. Yet I had no expectation that it would be true. I, in some ways, it seemed a natural thing to say. At another level, it seemed very surprising to me that something like that would tumble from my mouth. But look, one thing I might add, the notion of meaningful coincidence, I often keep this to myself because people might think it just seems weird or whatever, but I'm very pleased that our main practice building is at 42 Villamanta Street in Geelong <laughs> West. So it's number 42. So to me, that's a kind of affirming kind of little um, uh, implicit sign to myself each day that oh, it suggests sort of being on the right track, being in this building, doing the kind of things I'm doing. Ah, so the number 42 was, uh, of all the numbers possible around, except for you with the number six, uh, 42 was uh, very much in your subconscious because that's where you worked. I think that's a lot of true. Well, it's, it's where we came to buy a building um, uh, at that time. So that when we bought that building, it was about 20 years later. But well, there were coincidences about that too. The, the building had belonged to a Sue Mackey, same name as my wife, then it belonged uh -huh. to someone else, and then it came back belonging to Sue Mackey again. Same unusual spelling, M-A-C-K-E-Y, and the rest. So these little curious coincidences that uh, I take to be a tick from the universe that you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, it's the most common use of coincidences, I think, is the feeling that you're on the right track. But I'm going back to uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. And, and how you nicely described that it seemed like the right thing to say, and it was surprising, which is the way I think of it is it, it came from someplace that was not a conscious decision on your part. It seemed to emerge from within you somewhere. Yes. And funnily enough, now I remember I had an experience like that when I was about Oh, I might have been about th uh, four years old or whatever. I'd been asleep. Uh, my brother had gone to a movie with his friends and uh, he came back and I remember my brother or someone saying that um, uh, that he'd been to a movie and I immediately said, Cat Baloo. And he said, well, yes, that was the movie. And I'm sort of saying, well, I was surprised even as a little kid. This had just come out of my mouth. And he said, I must have heard him talking with someone else about it or whatever. Now, I'd swear that I was asleep at that particular time. I'd heard nothing. But that was my first experience of something tumbling out of my mouth. But I paid no attention to that for many years afterwards. It's actually only just now I really think back to that. Uh, as a therapist, you, you must, and a, particularly an intuitive therapist, which you tend to be, is that you probably have words tumbling out of your mouth anyway, uh, but you probably have a little more cognitive, uh, uh, a cognitive view of what you're about to say. Yes, that's a sophisticated suggestion you have there because that is how it works. Actually, I think partly because I am a very intuitive person, Early on, I was very drawn to cognitive behavioral therapy because that's very systematic and practical, and I like the structure to that. When I first started working as a psychologist, I'd only had four years training. I was bonded to the health department, so I felt that I was very green, and I wanted to have good structures to guide me. So right from the start, when I worked with clients, I used before and after questionnaire measures. I looked to have a scientific approach and use this cognitive behavioral approach. But then when I did the Myers-Briggs assessment about personality types many years later, so based on Jung's work, it came out I was very strongly intuitive. 
And so I do let that side of my self and my perception have quite a run in therapy. And I do often, as you say, find words come out of my mouth. And I feel that when I'm listening to clients, it's like reading subtitles. I feel that they're giving me cues and subtitles the whole time. All I need to do is sit back and respond to the subtitles. And I love that about therapy. It makes it easy. It makes it interesting. It makes it fresh. But I find I'm forever guided by people giving me these cues uh, amongst the explicit things that they're saying. Yeah, that's When you say subtitles, would you describe that a little bit more? Well, it's just a feeling or a sense or an observation or thoughts might come into my mind about something that they're saying or whatever. But I just feel that um, that there's, there's what the person is saying on the surface, but then you might get a sense that there's something else that they're suggesting or they might um, or you might get a feeling that they've just made a little comment and there's a little bit of interest in that, but they change the subject back. But you have the feeling, oh, look, I'll pursue that comment a little bit further or they might mention a, an unusual word or phrase or whatever and that draws your attention to, to, to that. So it's kind of like things kind of stand out that lead you to be curious to explore that further, sometimes not knowing why and it might be 20 minutes later in a session it becomes evident, oh, that's why that's so relevant or that might be why this response tumbled out of your mouth in response to like a, just a subtle different thing that they said. It's kind of like a flow that comes in the conversation where, um, yeah, you, you get a, 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 just an intuitive sense of how to proceed. Yeah, it's it, you're describing being in the flow with with your clients, with your patients, and and that flow um, allows you to be intuitively uh, conscious and aware and confident that what you're experiencing um, might be valuable. And we're we're coming to the end of this segment. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host. Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, that's me on the X-Zone Broadcast Network with our guest, Chris Mackey. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. 
Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Welcome back to CC with BB, your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and our guest, the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's Chris Mackey, who is wide awake at 2 a.m. in Australia and delivering some very interesting ideas. And Chris, I asked you about um, that number 42 uh, because yes. I've had experiences like that where I've been surprised um, about uh, saying something to someone that was right on to what was true about them. Uh, and I didn't have an intention of being right, as you mentioned, but it yes. still came out. Uh, you know, I was talking to a guy with his girlfriend, and after a while I just had this image of a friend of mine from high school who we used to call George, even though it wasn't his name. So I just thought I'd say George to this guy. He'd been introduced as some other name. So I said, Gosh. George, I said, George to him. And he says, how'd you know that? Same thing that happened with your 42. Uh, yes. I, I was introduced to a woman who was an elementary school teacher. I said, what's it like to teach first grade? She said, how do you know that? Um, I, w- I came upon a guy uh, standing on a on a, a dock uh, in the middle of uh, a lake um, playing with some of his children. And I, I said, hi, captain. And he said, how did you know that? He, he was the captain in the Navy. Um, and, the, and these came to me in very much the same way that you described the number 42 coming. And I, I think this can be looked at as picking up a lot of nonverbals the way you described uh, your responses to patients, I think therapists might be more able to do this sort of thing. But for me, there was additional information that I couldn't get other than through what we might call uh, telepathy from with, between me and the other person. I completely agree. I think it, it clearly shows there are different ways of knowing or gathering information that are beyond our own minds or observations. And I refer to that as drawing on our deep intuition. And what I mean by deep intuition is sometimes we have in intuitive processes that are offering that, that, that are operating implicitly even beyond our conscious awareness. And I think that the more these kind of things come up in our experience, I'd use the expression, the more it goes in our trust bank. It goes in our trust bank that some of these things happen so many times, it clearly goes beyond chance. Even one of those examples is something that you would think goes well beyond chance. But if you experience hundreds of things like that across a lifetime or thousands, then you just have little doubt that it's a meaningful way sometimes of gaining information from somewhere. And uh, and it does add to the feeling that we're connected to others or a consciousness beyond ourselves. I, I, generally speaking, I agree with what you just said. Um, the specifics of your 42 and my George um, are what I look at and try to develop a mechanism for understanding. The word intuition covers a lot of territory. There's a lot of stuff going on beyond our rational cognitions uh, and uh, rational consciousness. You know that. 
Freud and yes. Jung made that clear to the world that we have more in our sub and unconscious than we are aware of and can be aware of. But some of what I am talking about is a more specific thing, that there you were talking with this guy and 42 came out of your mouth with, with a surprise and with great ease. And yes. you and for me, I look at this as picking up information in an electromagnetic field, if that's just using that term, a, a, t a field of information that's around him, that's around every one of us. And those of us who sit with people and talk with them, us who are therapists, we who are therapists, can pick up sometimes information that is nonverbal, but it's not necessarily in voice tone or body motion it's somewhere else around the person as i think your 42 illustrated as is and my george illustrates that we have the capacity to pick up and therapists become some of them particularly those like you who are very intuitive come to trust your capacity to be able to pick information like that up Yes, I think that's true. And one thing that comes to my mind, and I often don't describe this to people because it can sound a bit weird as well, but I'm struck by Aboriginal paintings and how they depict an, a, a person. They depict a person uh, visually uh -huh. by a, cu a cup shape is central. Then there's like a circle off to the side and a stick off to the side. And I'm struck by that because I think, well, a stick, like a stick figure, could be the physical body. The circle sometimes is used as a symbol for the self, so thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. But I think the cup shape is like a receptor. And I had an Aboriginal painting on the wall that I used to look at when I listened to music and sort of almost meditate upon it. And it was an Aboriginal dot painting. And if you looked at the cup shape of the person as like a receptor, and you saw the waves of dots. It seemed almost like the if you looked at the dots as not just some random little pictorial effect, but you could see them as waves of information coming from beyond into the cup. There's the physical body, the stick to one side, the circle, if you like the ego, the thoughts and feelings. But I think that the way that Aborigines depict people in that cup-shaped centrally is kind of like getting at that notion of a receptor and the dots represent like waves of information from the universe. So I agree with your way of depicting that, which you refer to the psychosphere and as having some kind of receptors that receive uh, energy and information from outside. Could you, could you send me um, uh, an image of that? Because it's so beautifully done. I've had, I have repeatedly had a sense that we, there's a lot to learn from uh, the Aborigines. And we have an Aboriginal museum here in Charlottesville uh, with a yes. lot of stuff that gets rotated. And I haven't been there for a while, and I want to go there again. I, I, I need to go there again. Um, and that image, so would you, just if you could remember after we're finished to, to send me an image of that, because uh, you, you, uh, you're, you're connecting it up, what I think up so beautifully with that image. Wonderful. Well, look, there's a there's a real story about this too, because one time I was so taken by this image at a time when I felt that I had extra intuitive awareness, and I thought I want to go into the Geelong Advertiser. This is many years ago, and talk to a journalist that I knew, who I thought was a, a, a spiritual type person interested in uh, well-being and all the rest of it, and. I took this dot painting in, I lugged a, quite a large painting into him, and I spent an hour telling him what I got out of this painting, which is very similar to the things we're talking about now. You could say like a psychosphere and receiving information. Some of my friends learnt that I'd taken a painting into the uh, uh, Geelong Advertiser, and they thought I would ruin my reputation from doing something really weird. They thought I must have been crazy to do something like that. Now, there are other ways that I was reacting at the time that I felt were very intuitive, but they thought were a bit crazy, and this is one example. But I had an interaction with a lady on the street who saw this painting, and she was utterly captivated by it. I think we had the most wonderful and delightful conversation I've ever had with a stranger in the street, and it was around this painting. And what struck me is this very worthwhile conversation I had with the journalist, who afterwards 
we developed a closer connection from that and this wonderful conversation that I had with the person on the street. But because it seemed so different from usual behaviour, uh, some of my friends, particularly medically trained friends, thought that that might ref reflect some uh, reflect that I was off the tree to do something so weird. They thought I could re wreck my reputation from doing weird things like talking to a journalist about a, an Aboriginal painting. Well, that's unfortunate that you would lose your reputation. There's so much to learn right there in Australia from Aboriginal ideas. And I'm so glad you have the courage to continue to, to be out there trying to send that, those ideas to people. That's, that's wonderful. Well, I think that people can be fearful of intuition and what it might mean rather than uh, an emphasis on rational thought processes. I think they go together. We don't ignore the rational when we respond to the intuitive. We can meld them together. Oh, exactly. Uh, and that's what I try to do and that's what you try to do. Exactly. The, uh, we're, we have about uh, two minutes left, but I, I, I want to begin this, this discussion of what we will carry on in the third segment um, about um, the place of synchronicity in mental health and psychiatry, um, yes. particularly the place of it in uh, positive psychology. Uh, I, yes. I, can, I continue to see, and I, as you do, that synchronicity and positive psychology will have a lot to do with each other. And I was able to do a lot of my research at the University of Missouri on synchronicity, on coincidence, because uh, there was a psychologist there who was very tuned in to positive psychology and gave us some uh, very good suggestions and gave us the usual psychology class, uh, undergraduate class, to be able to do some research with, which turned out to be quite useful, uh, particularly we, when we were able to define uh, personality characteristics that increase the likelihood of a person experiencing coincidences. It's going to be uh, uh, my next blog post on psychology today. So Wonderful. This, it, thank you. The, the place of uh, positive psychology, um, a place of synchronicity within positive psychology and within mental health is something that you're very passionate about, something that you know needs to be done. And it's something that I know needs to be done too. And there's a way to be able to show therapists that there's a lot of coincidences happening with them and their patients. And Jung had this idea that I learned when I was a first year resident, your problems walk into your office. And that is so yeah. true. That's so true sometimes. We've come to the end of this segment. We'll continue it next segment. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest today is Chris Mackey. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence, and our guest today is Chris Mackey, and we are going to get into an essential transformative idea within mental health professions, particularly within the psychotherapy professions. The place of synchronicity within positive psychology and within mental health treatment in particular. Now, you've had some close contact with Martin Seligman, the founder of Positive Psychology there in Geelong, which I think is pretty amazing that he showed up there and hung around for a while. So please, I'm going to get, I want just open up the, the, the opportunity here for you to talk about the place of synchronicity in psychotherapy and psychology. Wonderful. And look, I might briefly mention an anecdote about Martin Seligman and uh, one of the ways I first met him, but when I first met him in Geelong. But um, after I'd been working in Geelong for 25 years as a therapist, I wanted to mark that quarter century anniversary. And so I thought I'd do a public talk for one hour. And in that one hour, I would try and sum up the most valuable things I'd learned in 25 years as a psychotherapist. And I spent about 10 minutes talking about Carl Jung and synchronicity, and I spent about 20 minutes talking about Seligman and positive psychology. Uh Now, a year later, I learned that Martin Seligman was going to do the largest project ever in positive psychology by introducing it across an entire organization, and he'd chosen Geelong Grammar School as an organization to do that because it's a boarding school with lots of, if you like, control over the environment, 80% of the uh, children there are boarders. Many of the teachers um, live on site. So that was a convenient location. It was across the other side of the world to say America around the time of an Iraq war. So it was like out of the way of that kind of controversy and negative energy. And so uh, basically um, Seligman chose uh, so chose Geelong. So I was able to meet with him and his entourage a number of times. And that was an example of what I refer to some Uh, sometimes is a free kick from the universe. I think sometimes synchronicity is like a tick from the universe, an affirming direction. There it was like a free kick. But that yeah, for, and free th- kick, you're talking about rugby, I think. Uh, yes, I'm talking about um, soccer or rugby or Australian rules. When you get a free kick, it's a fortuitous thing for your team. You get a you get a boost and you can take your direction forward. But I took that as an affirmation that for me, it was worth committing myself uh, for, for my career from then on. One of the major things to cr- commit myself to was positive psychology. And um, I'll mention there's some 
very conventional ways in which I think that synchronicity can apply to positive psychology, and I think it also can help extend that field further. But first I, I, of all, I just want to just for yes. a second. Yes. I, I think that's so cool <laughs> that there you were talking about Martin Seligman and kind of getting interested in it, and you did synchronicity, and then uh, and then Martin and then positive psychology in your talk, and then the guy shows up in town a year later. What a he wonderful didn't just show up. Yeah, he didn't only just show up. He he lived here for six months, and <laughs> and I, I I met the fellow, became a friend who brought him out to Australia, who masterminded the idea of it. A friend of mine called Trent Barry, and so I was able to meet Martin Seligman and uh, people in his team. These very celebrated people at, at like a, a barbecue or an informal setting, and it was just such a boost. I couldn't have imagined any better experience. No, no, no. It's only four yeah. kilometres. From my home in a regional town in Australia. Yeah, well, I, I, I really like it from my perspective, is because I've been waiting for an opportunity to see how synchronicity can be part of psychology and positive psychology, uh -huh. and see how it goes. And for me, that Geelong connection for you with Martin Seligman is also an opening for what I've been thinking about. So please proceed. Wonderful. Well, in positive psychology, a central model is called the PERMA model, P-E-R-M-A. P stands for positive affect, E for engagement, R for relationships, M for meaning, and A for achievement. Now, I believe that experiencing synchronicity ticks all of those boxes. So anything which supports any of those areas is consistent with positive psychology, which looks at enhancing well-being, not just alleviating symptoms or uh, psychiatric or psychological conditions, but even for well people, enhancing our well-being. Well, when people experience synchronicity, very commonly people experience that in terms of positive affect. It gives a boost, it's energizing. In terms of engagement, People often, like myself, take it as like a tick from the universe, like working in a building. The address is number 42. That energizes me in my work. Relationships. Well, people have a sense of connection with someone across the other side of the world. They go to ring them and they uh, get the phone call from that person just at that very second. So it enhances your feeling of connection or what's known as propinquity. Then there's uh, meaning. Well, synchronicity relates to meaningful coincidences that people draw something from that in their life and how it connects with their life part and then there's achievement well things like uh, you know, I mentioned that fortuitous connection with Martin Seligman that's helped me do further work in positive psychology including being involved in the, the TV show Destination Happiness and just the energizing effect of synchronicity it helps you have a conviction that you're on the right path. It, it, it adds to your trust bank that you're in the right place at the right time. So even in those very conventional ways, synchronicity can help. And this is where I use an example that just because something doesn't seem rational, like it's not easy to explain synchronicity rationally, it doesn't mean that it's not important. But there's another level at which I think synchronicity or appreciation can take the positive psychology field further. An emerging direction in that field is that it'd be worth acknowledging more about spirituality. So, so positive psychology to get credibility, but also as a way of developing any scientific field, it relates a lot to empirical evidence and research and all the rest of it. But there are some people like Ken Pargament who's doing work within the positive psychology field talking about the importance of acknowledging soul. He even refers to things like sacred moments. Well, I think a sacred moment is a wonderful definition of synchronicity. It's a way of bringing more soul into our lives. And I think that many people uh, maybe lack a bit of feeling of meaning or direction or uh, a sense of spiritual connection in their life. I'm not particularly religious. Many people aren't necessarily religious but have a spiritual interest. And I think that seeing the meaning in coincidences and feeling that we're connected to something beyond ourselves is very helpful for our well-being. Yeah, that's a, that's a very nice description of positive psychology and the place of synchronicity in it. So where, where, where is synchronicity now as you see it within the field of positive psychology? 
Uh, I think it's very early days of acknowledging or accepting it. So I would have uh, you know, put forward a, a proposal to present on synchronicity at a, um, at a recent conference. And, and I did get something up as a poster in terms of talking about a couple of case studies where for these clients, synchronicity was very important. So it was acknowledged that way. But in terms of putting in for a workshop or something, I, I think that wasn't accepted at the time. So I, I think that there'll be an increasing acceptance of uh, also um, uh, case studies or ways of looking at a spiritual dimension that aren't easy to describe in terms of uh, empirical outcomes or double blind trials or whatever. But I've certainly got clinical evidence an objective, uh, say, questionnaire evidence that when people are allowed to discuss their experiences of, of, of synchronicity, sometimes it can make a profound difference to their direction, including in therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have data, which uh, very few people have, uh, about wonderful coincidence, like the characteristics of people who um, experience coincidences, and a lot of data from my weird coincidence survey. Um, that's something that if you, if you were interested in looking at it, um, that you might wanna integrate somehow in a, another proposal you, you could make to, um, to positive psychology. Uh, yes, and there are people within the field that I know who could be interested in that too. So I'll certainly bring it to their attention as well, including uh, you know, one or two people who work in more academic settings than the everyday clinical practice setting that I work in. It's, 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 it's still a little surprising to me that um, synchronicity isn't more part of positive psychology, particularly given the, the, the PERMA list that you just described. It fits so well, but it's still, it's still trying to be an academic discipline. Did you talk to Mark, Martin Seligman about uh, synchronicity? Yes, I have. And, and one of the things that struck me is that when I met Martin Seligman in Geelong, is I said to him that I was intrigued about uh, his work on signature character strengths, where you identify people's character strengths in a way that helps them uh, find direction in life. And I said, I thought that was a wonderful way of operationalizing destiny. And Martin Seligman said at the time, I believe in destiny. And I was struck by this because this was around about 2007, and it wasn't a very um, uh, widely accepted word for someone who's very much working in a scientific field. But I felt when talking with Martin about that at a conference setting, I thought he's a little less interested in, in uh, discussing that. It maybe seemed not quite scientific enough. However, now I understand, well, I've, I've heard Martin Seligman at the most recent conference talk about positive psychology as a sacred mission. So I think that's a sign of of him as a, and as a, as a what a sacred a sacred mission sacred mission okay. a sacred mission so i think that shows that over a period of time there can be a greater acceptance that's legitimate to use words like soul sacred spirituality without necessarily having to compromise your scientific credibility we will continue this discussion in our next segment. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Biteman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest today is Chris Mackey. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com.
The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Uh, welcome back to CC with the VB, connecting with coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. That's me, and we are talking with Chris Mackey in Australia, way down under. And Chris, tell us, how do you use synchronicity in your clinical practice? Okay, well, the first thing is I don't specifically bring it up with clients generally, but I allow clients to bring it up with me and I'll maybe have an example for an, um, uh, maybe come up with an example or two later. But um, how I used to sometimes bring it up is after having experienced a lot of synchronicity uh, around about 1982, 83 is when I had an explosion of synchronicity in my life and I found that that was a useful guide for my own life. So afterwards, if clients brought up remarkable coincidences that meant a lot to them, then sometimes I would say that, well, this is not in my role as a psychologist, but I'll let you know that even though we use before and after questionnaire measures and scientific techniques to gauge your progress, in my own life, if I'm experiencing synchronicity in that way as, as, as you do, I sometimes, well, I, I find that affirming and meaningful, but I also might draw on it like this. And I thought that was in some ways outside the usual purview, the usual range of therapy. But what happened in 2004 is I came across the work of uh, Arthur and Christine Nezu. So they were well known in the scientific field of cognitive behavior therapy. They did a lot of work on problem solving, but they presented data that suggested that acknowledging a spiritual dimension helped people in therapy. And they had some evidence to suggest that if someone was working on a particular problem, it might be depression or an anxiety problem or relationship problem. And if the client was asked, would you like to discuss spiritual issues in therapy as well? If the client said yes, and then the therapist did discuss spiritual issues with them, then the client tended to do better on their targeted problem, like uh, depression uh, or anxiety or whatever. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. the, the client tended to do better even if the therapist was an atheist or agnostic. Now, I was struck by that because that, that made it more legitimate, if you like, to bring in spiritual type concepts into therapy and after that I thought that I could give myself license to ask someone if they 
were interested in discussing something about what that coincidence meant to them, I didn't feel I was necessarily departing from an appropriate cognitive behavioural model. But the way, main way I draw on it now is sometimes bring up people bring up something which is a remarkable coincidence. Or I can give an example shortly of someone bringing up something with me only because they knew I was writing a book on synchronicity. Often people keep their experiences to themselves if they think that they can't easily be rationally explained or if they seem weird. But now I find clients bring up a lot more weird examples, I might say, or striking and fascinating examples of synchronicity because they know I've written a book on it or written about it in the paper or they've heard me on a radio program. So I just feel much more at ease of discussing this with people without feeling it's departing from an appropriate way of working. And uh, I'm convinced that there should be more soul in psychiatry and soul in psychology. Technically, I suppose, uh, psychiatry technically means soul doctoring. Yes, And psychology technically almost means study of the soul, but I think that there's not much soul in psychiatry or psychology generally. I think that the, the work that you do, for example, and the way that you express yourself is certainly by Australian standards very uncommon for a psychiatrist to have something like synchronicity or soul you know, front and centre. And, yeah. uh, and I think I really welcome that. I think it, it's very valuable to people. Thank you, and I welcome uh, what you're doing and what you're thinking, getting the ideas out in Australia. But let's go to a, what let's let's go to how you use an, a coincidences in therapy by using an example. Okay, well, one thing is uh, allow. In some ways, this came up indirectly, but it's one of the most powerful experiences. A client came in, and he said, "Look, I know that you've been." Actually, he didn't say at first he knew I'd been writing something on synchronicity, but he started to tell me a bit of a story about something. I was intrigued by the way he started to tell me. I knew that there was something meaningful about this. So I, I encouraged him to I just listen more to what he was saying. And he said, look, you know, early last year, so about a year and a half earlier, he said, um, you know, there was a time I went through a very difficult time. And I said, um, uh, yes, I was quite concerned for you. I knew that you were very depressed, maybe a little bit suicidal. And he said, look, maybe you don't realise how badly off I was at the time. He said, it was February last year. He said, at one point, I was kneeling before a window, about a metre before a window. And he said, I put a pistol in my mouth. I chipped my front tooth as I put the pistol in my mouth and I was going to shoot he said, looking out the window, there was a tennis court and I could see a blackbird like a raven across the other side of the tennis court. He said, I had the barrel of the gun in my mouth. I looked across, I saw this blackbird and suddenly it took off and flew towards me at top speed, smashed into the window and fell down dead. Ah. He said, I took the pistol from my mouth. He said, I thought... That bird has sacrificed itself for me. I'm meant to live. He booked himself subsequently, as I'd known, he'd booked himself into a rehabilitation program. He'd been taking drugs, illicit drugs, and used alcohol to excess ever since he was a young adult. He was in his early 30s at this stage. He was the first person to successfully get off all drugs and alcohol to leave that unit and to stay off drugs and alcohol for another year afterwards. But that was such an, a, a seminal incident. That was, that was the turning point for him. And he said, I never told you about that at the time because I thought that you would have believed I was borderline psychotic if I told you that story. But he said that actually I've long believed in coincidences being a guide for life and, and things you know unfolding in a certain way that's kind of meant to be and I've paid attention to coincidences and after that that drew that explicitly into our work but for the next year as he went on and resumed full-time work got married had a child all the rest of it we were both aware of this background powerful sacred moment that helped shift things for him. And so it led us both to be aware of his level of motivation and feeling of rightness that he was on the right track and all the rest of it. And so that really bolstered him more from me witnessing or being able to be a witness to something that was so powerful to him that 
even he didn't think he could say to me before then about synchronicity or that experience. So I think that shows the extent to which clients and patients will tend to censor those experiences from the health professionals they see because it can't easily be rationally explained. And I think that sometimes by using examples like that, um, it helps other people think that this is legitimate to acknowledge. So we do have other examples as well, but I think those are some of the most powerful. That's I live one in of a the town where synchronicity is more spoken. Uh, it's uh, in Charlottesville, ah. Virginia. It's a lot easier. There's a little bit of San Francisco in the late '60s around here, so Wonderful. it's it's a it's it's relatively common astrological discussions among students and other people I run into, musicians. Um, a waitress at a restaurant uh, laughed when I told her that my parents were both Pisces. I'm a Pisces, and my brother's a Cancer, and that I grew up in a puddle because uh, they're all water signs. Uh, and that, that's what this town has. So I'm curious to hear how there's reluctance in Geelong uh, about talking about these things. It's still, it's still pretty like uh, closed off from your description. I think the reluctance is particularly from mental health professionals. I think most uh, people in the wider community are more accepting of it. And um, look, there's a couple of things I mentioned with that as well, showing a greater acceptance. There was a recent British study that uh, showed that just over 40% of psychotherapists, there were 200 plus who responded to this survey, and over 40% described that they'd experienced synchronicity or meaningful coincidences in therapy sessions. Oh, really? And, two, and yeah. two-thirds of those of those respondents to this survey uh, said that they believed that it could be helpful to discuss meaningful coincidences in therapy session. So I'll look for, I'll look up that research and I'll send you a link to that. But another example of acceptance is um, I recently had a milestone birthday and I asked my friends that for a gift, would they please bring me a story, a written story for my synchronicity jar. So I had this large jar that I, <laughs> I got for my birthday and I wondered how many people would bring stories. It was about 40%. There were 100 people who came to my birthday and, about, and there were about 40 written anecdotes that involved meaningful coincidences, some of them very striking, involving lives saved or preventing uh, or an amazing um, uh, way that a diagnosis came about, you know, different things. But I think that shows there's much more acceptance if we give permission for people yeah. to bring up yeah. these experiences and, yeah. and let it be normal. I think yeah. more people talk about it. The main people who are wary of it are those who are the most scientifically trained, including the mental health field. Uh, statisticians, um, uh, people who require data, uh, people who are sensory based to be specific and uh, the Jungian yeah. way of thinking about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a real um, bias um, that people have, but there are a lot of people that are in the middle. But as we come to the end of this segment, Chris, um, I am really struck by that blackbird striking that window. Uh, yes. it, is, it, is a, it is an analog of the Jung um, scarab story where the scarab yes. came to the window as the woman described her dream about a scarab and that changed her mind when Jung showed it to her. But this blackbird really changed this guy's mind. I mean, he went from, he went from almost dead to being alive. And the that turbo is charge has changed and he's fantastic. going well for years afterwards, yes. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And Chris Mackey, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great having you. Thanks so much, Bernie. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.